Desk of Lady Ada. Hey, buddy, and welcome to a Desk of Lady Ada. It's Sunday night. We're here at my desk doing a little bit of engineering and coding, as well as uh, some purchasing, and also just hanging out, enjoying uh, this beautiful last weekend of the summer before September kicks in. Uh, never want to pass up a uh, nice night in New York. We went on this Ferris wheel. Maybe Phil will post up. Yeah, I'll post up uh, some. There was like NeoPixel like thing on it, so yeah. so that'll count. Cause someone will like, why is this like, why is no electronics in this? So uh, there's electronics in the Ferris wheel. I, yeah, so I think I can get away with posting. Okay, cool. Posting that. All right, well let's uh, let's check out what we're hacking. Do you want to do? Uh, let's do this LED thing first, and then we can show off. Um, yeah. What do you want? What do you want to do? Okay, right, so let's go to the overhead. So um, we have this design. This is the LED matrix driver that we put in the shop. Uh, it's lovely. It has 13 by 9 RGB LEDs. It'll break out. Um, ready for use and then um, we made the LED glasses which is basically the same design but just sort of exploded out so it's like you could kind of even see it's like this component is here and then um, all the LEDs are spread out over the glasses and so one of the things that we did we you know, kind of put it off for a week but this weekend we sat down and we actually started doing the mapping of the LEDs and um, you know even with this the LEDs don't map perfectly into memory. The memory, the memory isn't like you know LED one is is spot zero and it, it's it's you know totally even. There's actually a little bit of a a a memory map thing going on with that. And we had already um, programmed in this memory map before, but now we were like, okay, time to time to do the LED glasses. And the LED glasses are kind of weird because this is a straight up grid um, of 13 by 9 RGB LEDs. But this has um, two round elements and then like a grid element. So you can kind of see there's like a five by 12 grid of RGB LEDs. So you can have like kind of text or, or um, like isometric, you know, like XY um, mapped graphics onto it. And then on the outside, there are two 24 LED rings. Um, people who like our NeoPixel rings, we thought let's take that same kind of fun LED glasses, that round shape that people dig, and then make it a little bit different than just a plain, you know, glasses that have X, Y. You know, you can buy those. They're available. We want to do something a little bit different. Um, we also put together the LED glasses driver prototype, um, which looks like this. Uh, so this is an NRF52840, uh, the microphone, accelerometer, um, this is an on-off switch. This is a slide switch that you can use. You can turn it on, turn it off. Um, there's one um, kind of action button. Okay, I figure you don't really need more than one. And then a reset button to reset the board or put into bootloader mode. Uh, USB-C and battery. And um, there's a battery charger, so you can use this with LiPo, but we're actually going to make it by default not work with a LiPo. It's going to be for alkaline batteries um, because you can't have a charger for both. You kind of have to choose one or the other. Um, but I want... To, I think by default it should be alkaline batteries because I think those are, especially for something on your face, a lot of people aren't going to be comfortable with like having a battery taped to their skull and you know if it gets hit and you get punctured, um, why risk it? So um, there's a little jumper that you can solder closed if you want to use a LiPo battery. So people who are advanced enough to use a LiPo, they're also advanced enough to be able to solder closed, um, you know, that jumper connection. I think that's fine. Yeah. And then... Uh, I'm just using a STEMI QT connector because one of the nice things is this is an I squared C chip. So, you know, I can just use our, you know, ready to go shorty I squared C cable to make this into, um, you know, glasses where this is the leg of the glasses and then this is 
this plugs into the, the you know, front side of the glasses. And then uh, I think I already have a program on here that'll make, oh, let me turn it on. Okay, and then maybe this will light up, maybe not, hold on. Maybe I was programming it with it. So let me plug into USB. All right, live demo. I know, live demo. I don't know what was on here because I was uh, messing with it earlier. Okay. Oh, I was, yeah, I was writing some code, so hold on a second. Uh, LED map. I moved the LED map into a global, so I just have to make it reference itself. Okay, great, there you go. Um, this is the... Um, mapping of the the two rings and so you know you they look like they're you know the when it's mapped it's like oh like zero through one through 23 and they all they go in order but these leds are absolutely no way in memory ordered this way right and this is a thing that like kind of i was you know i was chatting with some of the engineers and it was i was always kind of shocked at like how you know we have 30, 40, 50 years of combined programming experience, and yet we're still kind of programming the same thing. Like programming has changed, but it kind of hasn't. Um, so doing memory remaps or debugging with printf or like programming in a simple finite state machine, it's kind of like the tools are getting better, but the programming itself has not changed. Like we really do have the same core issues and the same core ways of, of programming them, which I think is, which is kind of cool. It means that like, if you learn programming from one language, you can take that knowledge and move it to another. Um, so if I look, you know, if I open up um, my code, and I actually have a little bit of demo code here. Do you want me to go to the computer? No. So um, so this is, you know, if I show here, this is a program that lights every memory spot in order. And you can see that there's some, you know, some of them go kind of in order-ish. But then it kind of like flickers around and it sort of goes a little bit in here. You know, it, it's not it's not totally random. There's like micro patterns, but for the most part, you can't easily guess where the next LED is going to be because you see it does it does flicker around. So this is me saying each LED one through you know 351 R, G, and B LEDs, each individual one. So that's why you see it's red and then green and then blue, and then it, it flickers through the whole um, body. So you know, then you have to figure out like, well, how am I going to take this this map and transform transform it into what is a useful map where I want to address all the LEDs or I want to address the X Y of, of the matrix. And this is kind of something that I'm doing like every month. I have to do this for something, whether it's like an OLED or a TFT or an LED driver or like there's always some like memory is X and out you know the final result is why um keep keep matrix mapping you know all that stuff so how do you do this is there is there some magical way of doing it and the answer is no um you just sort of do it and the way i did this is um i actually ended up just uh writing a a simple program where i would um i'd i'd light up each led one at a time. So this is LED zero. This is address zero. 
the first LED in the memory map for this LED matrix driver is this LED. And so I would actually kind of write down in a gigantic piece of text file, okay, you know, LED ring one blue is zero. And then I would, you know, increment this number to one and uh, save it. And of course it crashes because that's my luck. Hold on. I'm doing a lot here. Okay, so, sorry. So this is uh, zero, blue, and then I incremented my code to one and I save it and it goes green. Okay, so now I know LED, you know, the right ring, LED one, address one is the green LED. And then of course when I go to two, um, that isn't red. You, you think like, oh, it'd be blue, green, and then red. No, actually, because again, this memory map and this layout is, is kind of all over the place. Um, um, address two is actually on the other side in the ring. You know, it's like the 17th LED blue. And then three is green. And then address four is red. So that one is in order. Um, so I just sat here for like an hour and a half while uh, Phil was doing other fun stuff. And um, I just mapped every single LED to the LED ring where it was. And sometimes, you know, there's always just like, oh, can I do it algorithmically or should I do it with like a literal like map? And I always recommend starting with a map, um, even though sometimes, you know, to save code space, eventually you want to go to an algorithmic method, but I actually recommend making a map and then simplifying that map, like optimizing that map before you try to like figuring out like the, you know, you could look at the schematic and try to figure out what is it like this, you know, perfect algorithm that will map every LED to every location functionally. Um, sometimes you can do it, but often you kind of can't. And I, I just recommend doing it with, with a text map. So I'll show you the, the text map code. So if you go to um, the uh, computer. Um, so this is the code, you know, I, I just sat down and I did it. So this is the LED map for each ring. So, you know, LED, LED zero is three, four, one, two, one, one, two, one, zero. That's red, green, blue. Um, and then there are patterns, right? But I, I kind of do the pattern stuff later. And this is the, uh, the right ring. And so you can see um, for LED zero on the ring, the topmost, it's 287, 31, and 30. Those are the three address maps that map to the LED. And, you know, what's What's really nice, and I you know, recommend this if you're ever having to do this, is even if it's more work, try to get this work to be done into an interpreted language rather than compiled. Because one of the nice things about this is every time I wanted to test each LED location, every map to figure out where it ended up in the, the output, um, I could just increment a number and save it and it would like immediately run. Whereas with Arduino, I, I just, I've had to do this before and it takes a really long time if you're doing it this way, because you have to like upload every time you increment the number. And so instead what you can do is try to like have like a space bar that, you know, when you press the space bar on the serial console, it'll increment and you can do it that way. Um, so I happen to like the interpreted way, but you can do it with compiled. You'll just have to do a little bit of, you know, maybe a button to have it increment and then it prints out what it's doing. Um, but yeah, go through and, and then, and then map every led and then, um, you know, the, the upshot is when you're done, you can have um, 
you know, code that looks like this, where the, I can add, you know, inc I can index into the ring object from zero to 23 and set it to be a color wheel. And that makes the, the, the rainbow, the rainbow glow here. So that's, I'm gonna show that. that's memory. No, I didn't show here. So it's cool. So this is just the, uh, the two rings. And then the next step is going to be to do the XY matrix underneath. And so you'll have three objects when you want to address into this, into this um, PCB. You'll have the left ring as like a NeoPixel ring, the right ring as a NeoPixel ring, and then an XY for the, the grid of, of LEDs that's overlaid onto it. How's that? So more to go, but much, much math has been done. But there's no, yeah, there's no real um, shortcut. People always say like, oh, what's the secret? And the secret is you just sit there and you just do it. And then after you've made that map, then you can look in, and see if there's any patterns that you can use to simplify it. Um, sometimes there is, sometimes there isn't, but uh, nothing really beats just sitting down and, and doing each LED in order until you, you make the map up. All right, any questions about that before I move on to the no, keep going. next thing? Okay. All right, next up we got a teardown. Um, we yeah, picked we up a paper shoot camera, so let's... Let's bring this up here. Yeah, so just to be straight up, we're thinking about doing some type of like easy DIY CircuitPython powered digital camera. Maybe with like machine learning and stuff yeah. because there's the machine learning, you know, for, so for cameras. We wanted to see what was out there as far as like anything with the circuit board, anything that was like sort of in this category. Not really anything. So, but we did find this. We and did I find this, was, so we bought it. It was kind of cool. Um, so it's they're not you know inexpensive. I'll say that this is cost more than in a a nice camera, but it, they did do a pretty good job with it. Um, it's got kind of that retro charm. So um, the camera comes as a PC. We already put the batteries in because we wanted yeah, to make put sure. Yeah, and an SD card. Card. Um, yeah. It looks like you can use a mini card, but uh, yeah, there's like a micro. We don't know. I didn't try that out yet. There's a micro SD card on the back. It looks like a micro SD yeah. slot. SD. I want to make sure you keep staying in focus when you do this. Yeah. Come up and down. Well, I'm doing the best I can. Yeah. Um, so it runs off of two batteries. So there's going to be obviously a boost converter. And you're going to see even uh, some boost converter technology on the back here. I'm going to zoom in so I can get to the, the components. Um, so I think here, you know, it looks like there's an inductor, there's a little boost converter, that's a micro SD card. There's a um, buzzer, there's a little speaker and a speaker driver over here. Uh, it does make um, little noises when you take a photo, which it's, it, you kind of need to because there's no TFT. It makes a clicking sound when you take a photo, but the other cool thing is if you take the SD card out and you try to take a photo, it'll, uh, uh, yeah, go for it. So that's the photo. So you take the photo, and then take the SD card out. If I take the SD card yeah, out. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. Nope. Nope. Yeah, it makes a little sad, yeah. sad sound. There's also a microphone because it can take little videos. Yeah. And, um, Didn't figure out how to do that yet. In here, this is just a little, um, I don't want to take this apart yet, but there's a little camera. This is a camera module with like a built-in lens, and then it has a little piece that goes on top of it that helps you uh, focus the lens. Because even even the little micro modules, uh, little camera micro modules, you can, you can zoom in and out with them. Um, I don't know if anyone really messes with this. I'm sure it's just tuned for, you know, infinite distance. Um, there are you know, some cool stuff here. Hall effect looks like, Hall effect sensor, UART, I squared C. Of course, that would require you to have be able to program it, which, uh, you know, I don't 
and kind of really access into that. Um, micro USB, you can use that to, I think, to read files off of. And if there's some a DFU, I'm sure there's a DFU system. Um, and then on the back, uh, some more. So yeah, the, there's actually not that much circuitry, to be honest, right? There's this little flash memory. This is probably the program memory, not the camera, you know, not the storage memory. A uh, couple other uh, power supply things here, probably needed for this chip here. Um, this probably gets boosted. This is, you know, two volts or so gets boosted up to 3.3 or 5 volts, oh. and then, but converted down to probably 1.8 and 2.8. And apparently, maybe you can point this out, the um, batteries can be rechargeable batteries, and you can recharge them via USB. So I'm I'm not actually sure about I that. I know it says on the I'm, box. A couple things it says on the box. There's, I'm not sure about yeah, that because like, I'm, I'm a little I'm a little suspicious. I would yeah. recommend it. I would use alkalines. Um, and then looks like here FL. I think this is probably flash. Um, there's probably you know an add-on or an alternative version. I will say that this board has gone through a couple of revisions at least because the photo I saw online when I was kind of looking at this did not have an all-in-one chip. It had a chip plus a you know SRAM chunk. Um, and this um, uh, this is like an all-in-one chip. This chip is a uh, Novatech NT96658. You know, it's it's an all-in-one camera chip. There, there, these exist. Uh, there's probably no data sheet for it. You know, this is a, a Taiwanese company and also probably a, a Taiwanese chip design. They probably worked with the company and said, look, you know, we just want this chip that, it, there's no TFT. Again, there's a little viewfinder that you would look through um, to take a photo. And then did you want to show some of the photos you said you wanted to share? Well, I, yeah, I, um, I have, I can just show, I took one in just color mode. I didn't even point it right or figure mm -hmm. out anything. And then I took one, um, and it's black and white mode, which, which, which I thought was pretty good. Yeah, so let me just grab them real fast. I thought I had them ready, but I did not. That's okay. Well, you mentioned them earlier, so I thought. Yeah. So this is a color photo. So it's kind of got the you know a, a Lomo lens type thing going on there, and then this is a black and white one. So there's there's four filters. Let's go to the overhead again. I'll show the I'll show the filter thing. So um, when you get the camera, zoom back out. The PCB comes bare, and then you um, have uh, you know there's a variety of different paper enclosures now. You know, we'll say that they're like, oh, this is an eco-friendly camera. That's that's not really true. I mean, like, you you have the same ecological footprint as any other camera just because... The I've learned there's no nuance, so... I, there's no nuance, but, but I will, I'll say just this, this is... It's, it's a cool camera. I wouldn't... Yeah. Don't don't buy this if this is the most important thing for you to, to save the planet. <laughs> um, just don't buy the camera. Um, so... You know, you put this together, and then there's bolts, which I'm not going to put on. But you, you bolt this together, um, so, you know, you, you kind of have it in pieces. And it, it kind of has this nice, like, paper look. And then uh, what is cool here is this is like a little magnetic ring um, here. It's probably, like, actually what makes it kind of expensive is you can then attach uh, lenses, you know, like a fisheye lens or whatever, using, a, like, a magnetic ring, sort of like on a um, smartphone. And um, this is a button that you press to take a photo. And then again, this is that viewfinder, uh, no TFT. And then there's only one UI element and there's a switch. And if you look carefully at the switch, this is a four output switch. There's color, black and white, green and purple. I actually don't know what the green and purple is. I'm assuming sepia tone. I, I gotta try that. 
Yeah. Really tried the color and the black and white, obviously. But there's four options. There's four filters built in. Um, that said, you know, it's it does do uh, video. The, the image quality is quite good. Um, you know, it, it is it is definitely an all-in-one camera thing, and you can't hack it. So if you don't, if you want something different, you can't. You know, this is all you get. But I thought it was kind of a cool story. It's this you know Taiwanese engineer who designed these cameras, and um, just wanted like a, it's kind of a little bit of like an NYU ITP type project, but became a real product. And now these are these are super fun. Also comes with a lanyard you can wear. So kind of cool. All right, and then uh, you, you were looking at this four position switch. Well, is there any other questions before we? No, keep going. Okay, great. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, so I thought for the great search, we would show how to Why don't you show, that switch show this, the switch on the back, which is show a... Show the switch, and then I'm going to go into great search mode. Yes, okay. a four-position switch. Where in the world is that part I need? The great search with DigiKey. Desk of Lady Ada brought to you by DigiKey. Thank you, DigiKey. And Ladyada, Ladyada, you use your engineering powers every single week to find things on DigiKey. What is the great search this week? Okay, this week we got this paper shoot camera that we just did a little bit of a teardown on, and uh, I really like this four-position switch. I'm I'm a huge fan of slide switches. I really think uh, they're super awesome. I mean, I like buttons. Tactile buttons are good, uh, but you know. If you're not doing tactile buttons, I really like slide switches. They're easy to understand. They're, they're, you know, you can use them even if you aren't looking at something by feel, which I really like, so they're good for accessibility. Um, they last a long time, you know, you know, for the most part, unless they get wet, but you can still get weatherproof ones. Um, they're good for power, they're good for signal, they're good for everything. So, you know, on the, on the LED glasses design here, I've got, uh, this is a slide switch that I use for on-off. So you can uh, turn the whole thing on and off pretty easily with the slide switch. Um, there's also buttons, of course, to do reset, but slide switches are where it's at, in my opinion. And um, I've used, you know, single pull, single throw switches, which are kind of rare. I usually use tactile buttons. Uh, Single pull double throw, which is an on-off. Single pull uh, triple throw for like three modes. But then this was, this was a fabulous single pull four throw, and I thought like let's let's check that out uh, because uh, this could be useful for other people. And I like that it's a through hole switch. You could easily add it to a design to add a uh, four elements of selection. So let's go to uh, the computer, and I actually wanted to show real fast. Um, different switch uh, uh, schematics and what, what they mean. So this is, you know, I, I always get confused with what's the pull and what's the throw. So if you don't remember which is which, don't worry. I, I've been doing this for 20 years. I still can't remember. Um, but the most common thing is, you know, a single pull, single throw, which is like a, usually a tactile button. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's just a, you, you, press, you, you press it to turn it on. There's a single pole double throw, SPDT, which means there's a, there's a single thing and it can go between, it can throw between two options. So that's usually an on-off switch. Um, there is the uh, single pole triple throw. So again, three options. And then I'll note something that it always, you know, doesn't trick me up, but can trick other people up. Um, I'll go to this image, make it nice and large. So the, 
single pulse single throw is SPST and then SPDT. And then you'll also often see DPDT, that's the dual uh, pole dual throw. Um, I see these often because surface mount slide switches for mechanical strength, they often have two separate switches. It's also good, um, the double pull, double throw, if you want to, I like these switches when it's like, oh, I want to switch I squared C or UART connections. You want to switch like a, a, a simple two wire bus from one set of pins to another or from controller to peripheral. Um, I like the SBDT or DPDT. I use those often on our shields, like for GPS modules, where it's like, oh, do you want to use UART on the soft serial or the hardware serial? One switch switches both pins over between two sets. But then when you get to SP3T and above, you don't use T, like use S for single, D for dual, but when you get to three or four, you use the number. So just remember that, don't, SPTT does not exist. There's no T for three, you actually use the, the number three. So, you know, it's good to know when you want to um, search for it, because when you go to DigiKey, uh, you know, you can search for SPST, and you'll get all sorts of like toggle switches and stuff. Um, then SPDT also, totally awesome. Lots of different options. Relays also, you can get them in SPDT type. But if you want to do, um, you know, four throw, it's not SPFT, which sounds like something you put on your skin to, to <laughs> avoid getting burnt. You actually want to do SP4T. So SP4T actually will get you, you know, the thing you want. and. I think you can get 5T, but I, I, 4T is kind of maxed out. You know, DT and 3T are kind of not too uncommon, but 4T is quite rare. Um, in fact, it's so rare that there's only 31 options in slide switches. There's also um, RF switches, you know, there's the soft switches. So th that that philosophy of like, oh, if there's a throw and a pull, the, the throw and the pull might be completely software implemented, um, which is what you'll get with RF switches and stuff. Um, but for uh, slide switches, oh, toggle switches also, you know, those are, you can use those, but they tend to stick out a bit. Not as easy to implement in a design. Uh, for slide switches, um, yeah, there's not that many, you know. I mean, they do look kind of like what we want, but there's not a ton. Uh, that said, let's only look at the ones that are in stock and active, which cuts it down to only eight options. Really not that many. Um, but all these look pretty good. Uh, this one I thought was like really compact, you know, surprisingly so. This looks very slim. So I don't really want this one. And this one is a right angle. Um, one thing to note when you're programming these, when you're, when you're putting these into your design, really look at the data sheet very carefully because it's not like the, there's sometimes two pins, even though it's a single pole, sometimes there's two pins for the like for the mechanical layout. Sometimes there's two poles and sometimes um, they're not in the order that you think it is. Like the leftmost switch is not the leftmost pin or whatever. So just really read the data sheet and, and maybe use a multimeter when you get the part to really make sure you're mapping it correctly. Um, but these all look pretty good. There's like a bunch of right angle ones. Uh, you know, there are, are voltage ratings. If you're using these for power switches, check out the voltage rating and the current ratings. You know, you can get, you know, you can get switches that are high current, high voltage, but uh, what I like to do is if, if I really like a switch, you know, you have to switch power, I'll connect it through to a transistor and then the transistor does the, the switching itself. But that said, the one that I kind of like the most, you know, there's, there's, 
inexpensive ones. This one's the cheapest. This one's, you know, 45 cents um, per. It's a right angle style. And I do like that it has the two mechanical connects on the side. Um, but for style and looks and also um, number of parts in stock, the this one, the APEM one, I mean, it has 47,000 pieces in stock, which is always kind of promising. I like that. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, like, it gets a lot. And then they do have the... Uh, the 3D um, rendering of this. So if you're interested in like, what does this, what does this look like? I like it has a nice sticky outy part. The, um, the actuator sticks up quite a bit. And it looks like it's easy to solder into place. You know, it is open, so you just have to make sure that it's, uh, keep it dust proof, but otherwise, so you could switch, you know, not too bad, a dollar or so. And then uh, can do up to 300 milliamps at 125 volts. So you could use this as your power switch. You don't need to have any extra circuitry, or you can use it as signal if you like, either one. But a nice switch, SP4T. Good for you when you're making a camera with four different filters. And that's the great church. Where in the world is that part I need? The great search with DJK. Just realize these look like the, like, when's the next album going to drop, Lady Ada? It's like... Yeah. <laughs> um, so, anyways, as folks can probably guess, yeah, we're probably going to do a camera. Folks are like, we should, we should start a petition. No, we're we're going to do it. We're in research mode. Um, so yeah, we'd like to do a camera. I don't think it's going to cost as much as this one. No, but it'll be it'll be different. It'll be a, you know we programmable and, and Circuit Python. We'll see. It you know, takes a while to to get these designs out the door, but uh, we can start researching and seeing. Uh, getting ideas like I kind of like that little filter switch it's kind of cool and I like the fold over paper design um, and the battery case they did a good job with this I like it all right yeah. cool that's all I got all right we'll see everybody during the week normal Thanks, everybody. show line up and more see ya bye